The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, I have a fun show for you today. You can uh, get ready to be not only entertained, but also this is something that everybody needs to know. We're going to be talking about how to ignite the spark fire and passion in your relationship and all you have to do is um, look at the headlines and you'll see some new celebrity or politician or someone in the news is getting separated divorced cheating something where and of course in your own life um, surely you must know people who are uh, bored with their marriage or their relationship, getting a divorce, talking about getting rid of a relationship, whether you're married or not, just, you know, being uh, unfulfilled in relationships. And certainly you yourself may be feeling unfulfilled in your current relationship, whether it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a marriage. And we are changing, people are changing uh, spouses or even, you know, fiancés or or boyfriends and girlfriends, almost as often as they're changing their underwear these days. And why is that? For the most part, it's because the passion has died out. The light, the spark has died. And instead of trying to do what you need to do to get that uh, relit, it seems so much easier to all of us to just find somebody else that can light your fire. And so uh, my guest today is going to help you with this issue. Um, her name is Andrea Adams Miller. She is a healthy relationship consultant, both with business and the bedroom. And she's the author of a book called Healthy Relationships and Healthy Sexuality, Revealing the Secrets, secrets to Ignite the Spark, Fire, and Passion. Say that three times. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Hi, welcome. I'm so glad to be on, Dr. Carol. This is super fun. I um, I've enjoyed talking with you in the past, and it's a really great opportunity for us to be able to share all the fun things we talk about with your audience, because I'm sure they're dying to know what it is that people like you and I talk about. <laughs> yes. Now, you know, I had a, an interesting thing happen to me today that I think fits right into this topic, which which seems to happen to me, whatever the topic is that I pick. Um, I was just being interviewed <laughs> by uh, email for a for a print story, an, an Internet story, um, that will probably be coming out in the next day or two um, or week, about uh, gray women who let their hair go gray. And Perfect the, topic. Okay, go. I love per, it. <laughs> it's one of my pet peeves. It probably is of yours, too. It fits right into this, you know, keeping the spark alive. Um, 
You know, so I was writing about how um, know that it isn't a good idea for women to let their hair go gray because it announces to the world that um, essentially they're they're closed for business, um, so to speak. Um, they are, you know, it, it reminds people consciously or unconsciously of their grandmother. Um, whether it's this was particularly in relation to business, but. Um, whether it's business or the bedroom, um, it's really conveying all those those connections that society has made that you have learned since you're a little kid, you know, to associate gray with something that's withering, dying, dried out, um, and is not going to be successful in the bedroom or in business. And the person that I was communicating with who was writing the story apparently didn't like that idea, wanted the story to go in a different way, and she was citing the fact that some celebrities, um, the only one that she mentioned who I recognized was Jamie Lee Curtis, um, had let their hair go gray. Well, you know, really that seems to prove the point that, first of all, celebrities can do that. It just gets them attention, and, and you know, they're not going to go gray for the rest of their lives. Um, so it's just kind of a fun thing to do to, to get attention, essentially, and to try it out. But for regular people, average people, <laughs> going gray is not a good idea. Would you agree? You know, I have two two thoughts on that. On one hand, I agree, and there's sometimes I don't agree. And the sometimes I don't agree, we'll do the opposite first, mm-hmm. is, is like the example of Jamie Lee Curtis. She has the body of like a 37-year-old. I mean, she. Yes. I saw her on Jay Leno last night. She looked hot. She had cleavage that showed. She even showed the underneath breast cleavage. I mean, she looked fantastic. And her gray hair, it, her skin is dark, and her hair is, is more white than gray. And it almost, and because her hair is professionally done and the products that she, uh, she uses have this great sheen, it looks freshly cut and styled. She looked amazing. So on her, gray was like an accent color. It's not gray drab. It was more like silver sheen, white, fun, punky, like something like Lady Gaga would do or something. She looked fantastic. But when I think of people as going naturally gray, I usually am like you where I see that drab, ugly, old, dried out hair that's like stringy, that doesn't look good, it isn't shiny, it's not been styled, it's not been made to look attractive. So that's when I do agree with you that having some color and some life makes that person's skin color look better. And it's really simple to do. And they feel almost everybody I know. In fact, I just had this conversation Sunday night with a mm-hmm. friend of mine who has always let her hair stay totally gray. And she went and she was going to be on television. We were in L.A. on Sunday. And she was told, you know, hey, really, you should do something with your hair. Mm-hmm. And she had low lights put in it. She literally looked 20 years younger. In mm-hmm. fact, I found out she really was 20 years younger. <laughs> here I thought she was always way older than my mother. And here she's younger than I am. So totally amazed me. So I totally agree with you that all she did was put in some dark charcoal, beautiful colors and, you know, low lights and maybe a little bit of black, and it was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. She looked fantastic. And so, yeah, she looks youthful and feels youthful. And so, yes, I understand in this world of society we're trying to say, you know, natural, be yourself. But sometimes when yourself doesn't make you feel good, it's, perfectly acceptable to say I don't want to be natural. I mean, there are just some things natural that I don't 
want to be natural. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I just don't. Well, you know, a lot <laughs> of times, um, certainly the women who I have come across um, who decided to let their hair go gray, really it was consciously or unconsciously and an I'm closed for business signal. You know, for the most part it had to do with um, not really wanting attention from men. And, um, mm. you know, I, I really, and, and in the book that, that I've written, that um, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets, when I interviewed over a hundred men, I can promise you not one of them said <laughs> that it was gray hair <laughs> that attracted them and kept them in their relationship. Um, actually, what they said was they liked shiny, bouncy hair um, when it came to hair, and it was diff- all different colors, but but not gray. But I mean, you know, the reason why I was mentioning this was because uh, connected to this the topic, um, spark, fire, and passion. You know, when men. Um, Look at women uh, and and decide. I mean, it's sort of a, a quick, um, uh, instinctual kind of thing. It's not really very much of a of an intellectual thought process. Um, but there are th- certain things that that stand out and that that tell a man how um, how interested a woman is in sex. So why don't you take that and run with it? Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, I'm so glad that you said that because that actually follows up along that question with, uh, here I was at a speaking of, I was speaking at an event in L.A., and so that's where my one friend who knew I was going to be there came to visit me, mm-hmm. and we were talking about some other business things, and that's where we were talking about her being on television and the idea of who she's, how she's portraying herself and how she's seen, you know, sexually and so forth. And that, I, I agree with you that, you know, because now she, you know, she dresses well, she's beautiful, she shows that I am approachable, I'm attractive, I'm still vibrant, I'm still a sexual being. Whether I want to be sexual with you or not, mm-hmm. that's up to you to figure out. But that I'm still alive and juicy and awesome and fantastic. And so I love that you mentioned that because often what I see in relationships that are long-term is that when people decide to go gray or to, and I, and when I say go gray, I mean that as a metaphor for yes. their whole life. Yes. That I'm just going to accept the fact that my weight's this or whatever. Okay, on one hand, that's great. I want you to have good self-body image and feel good that, you know, I can be sexy whether my weight's 130 or 160. But at the same time, letting go may be the same as going gray for some people. That doesn't mean that you still aren't conscious of the fact that you're going to enjoy a more vibrant sex life and more vibrant relationship just in going places together if you still are conscious of exercising and, you know, getting a good haircut and, you know, taking a great shower and feeling good about yourself and shaving your legs. Mm-hmm. And so it goes along with that whole business that you're talking about of open for business that I'm still in the game I'm still in life and I'm still in passion and I'm still can be ignited and I still have the fire in me and the pizzazz and that's what if you can sell that sexuality about yourself to your partner instead of just saying well you bought the goods this is what you get you know yes, like yes. you know and, and 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 keeping that up that person's jazz and they want to be with you for life who wouldn't want to be with you if you exude confidence and beauty and pizzazz and fire and sexuality of course they're going to be ignited to stay with you for life they wouldn't want to stray cuz why should they 
Yes, absolutely. And so much of it has to do with um, how you make your partner feel about themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, you know, I was talking about that with my uh, husband today. I was telling him that I had uh, some new clients while I was out in L.A., and so I had a chance to meet with them, and we were talking about uh, the whole idea of how do you uh, communicate to your partner to get them jazzed about being back with you. And so I was sharing with my husband, because I hadn't seen him for nine days because I'd been traveling so much speaking, and I was telling him how I had given this advice to other people, and so I was saying how... With him, I said, oh, I just, you know, I wanted to remind myself to remind you how handsome you are and how much I love being able to look at you and be in your arms again and feel your strong arms around me. So I was able to use my own advice for other people, mm. for myself, because sometimes we get so caught up in our jobs, you know, we forget to take our own advice. Yeah. And he was tickled to death to hear that and to to know that I had really missed him deeply um, and, and missed certain things about him. And so hopefully your audience members, you know, hear that, you know, even as a relationship consultant, even as um, I'm also known as a sexuality tutor as well, um, besides Ignite Your Relationships, um, that even for me, I sometimes need to consciously remember that I need to practice what I preach and make sure to enlighten my own partner so that he feels alive and feels good. And and so I hope that people can take that and realize that, you know, I, I'm just not saying this is what other people do. This is what I also use and incorporate in my own life. Uh, so I know it works. You know, I've been doing this for 15 years. And so these are, you know, and I know you, Carol, Dr. Carol, you've been, you know, you know your stuff. And we know that people get jazzed about being with you long term when they feel good about themselves. So if you communicate and talk about you know, really, that's what it is. People like to talk about themselves. So if they can talk about themselves, <laughs> then they like you more, and your partner's yes. going to feel the same way. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we need to take a break. My guest is Andrea Adams-Miller. Her book is Healthy Relationships and Healthy Sexuality, Revealing the Secrets to Ignite the Spark, Fire, and Passion. And that's what we're talking about today on Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Pat Basile, radio to thrive by. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? 
call the Terrorism Hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, where we're talking today about igniting the spark, fire, and passion in your relationship with a... um, a fiery, passionate woman, Andrea Adams Miller, who is the healthy relationship consultant in business and in the bedroom. And she's a very special lady and she walks her talk, let me tell you. Um, talking about walking your talk, why don't we start, go back to that or start, go back a little bit in time and talk about how you, um, got to do what you're doing today. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. People are always surprised when they hear about my background. Um, you know, kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of funny because I always, I was an only child, so um, I always wanted to do things where I got to be out and be with other people, and I found that I got a lot of my self-esteem by being of service to other people. So I was naturally attracted to the field of, like, law enforcement and corrections because I felt like they were of service to people, and when huh. they did something for someone else, they feel good about themselves. So I I was first a corrections officer, and then um, I moved from corrections into a law enforcement area where I was a 911 dispatcher, and this is when I was on a department where 911 and the, and the guys on the force, at the time I only had, um, there were 48 men that I worked with, and then later when I left, there was one girl that finally came on, hmm. so it was a really male-dominated field. And I really felt connected there. I really loved it. So when I worked in corrections, I worked with people who were separated from their loved ones by some act that they had committed, um, both violent and both some that were, you know, like silly, goofy things. And what I found is that um, although I wasn't there to counsel them or do anything, I would hear them talk about their relationships. And I was processing all that information all mm-hmm. along. And often I would work with people who were separated from their partners because of their work schedule. And my peers would talk to me about getting advice on their relationships. When I worked at the police department, where um, I was a part of the Fraternal Order of Police and all of that great connection, I worked with victims where people would call in, and I was that first person to hear what was going on. And so I had a different perspective of people who were in um, in relationships that were not so uh, awesome, in fact, very violent or very horrible. But I also worked with 48 great men who would talk about their interpersonal lives with me because I was the person that was closest access to be able to talk about. Mm-hmm. And you become very much one of the guys, and we talked a lot. Well, eventually one day I knew that I needed to leave and go back to school um, for relationships and sexuality because people were telling me their personal intimate lives 
all the time and looking at me for solutions to figure out how to improve their relationships Hmm. with their loved ones. So I finally decided that this is what I needed to do. In fact, the epiphany of that was when I had someone who was like sergeant for the day Hmm. call me in the office and ask me what I knew about erectile dysfunction. So that was like the day. (laughs) Obviously, they really trusted you. That's like the last thing that, you know, a sergeant... Um, would feel comfortable doing. So he obviously, and they obviously, felt comfortable talking with you about these things. Completely, completely, because they knew that I, I loved them, I cared about them, and they really trusted me. Mm-hmm. And part of the one main thing I really learned about law enforcement is that people do need to trust you, and they need to have that confidence that you're going to maintain their anonymity and their confidentiality. And so working in law enforcement taught me how important that is, and so I really honor and uphold that for anybody mm-hmm. that works with me, whether they're a relationship consultant or their business relationships, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm consulting on that. And and so that's been very beneficial. So I've always kept that piece. And I actually still teach criminology and sexually violent crime investigation. Hmm. So I'm that's something I'm still training, you know, um, people who want to be in law enforcement or in social work or in nursing. I'm teaching them those beginning skills so that they can do that. And I'm doing that at a college. And so it's very much ingrained in me. And then so from there I went and uh, went into psychology and then actually went beyond that and studied more in communications and public health because I've realized that relationships is so much more global than just the intimate back and forth. There's so much many more factors going on with people's lives. And I, I take great satisfaction in being the instrument to give people the confidence to go out in the world and then create their own relationships. So a lot of times people give me credit for their great relationships, and it's not me. I'm just that catalyst that gets them lit and fires them up so that they can go home or go to work and take that passion and then be able to spread that fire so that they feel really connected to the people that they work with or that they love. And so I really enjoy what I do. It's, sometimes I feel it's, it's such a gift. Um, it just shocks me that um, I would even get paid to do something so awesome, but I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Well, well, you know, I'm sure you, I know you bring that same kind of uh, sense of acceptance and, and uh, make people trust you and, and so warmth, um, you know, to be able to talk about these most intimate kinds of things. Well, tell us about some of the the typical kinds of problems that people come to you with in terms of and what you do to help them reignite the spark. Oh, thank you for asking. All right, so if I'm doing individual consulting with either uh, one person or with a, a couple, often what the common themes that people are calling me is they're saying, well, we're, we're disconnected and we're finding that, that we're not having that spark, fire, and passion in our life anymore. And, and we want to be able to bring back that kind of excitement that we had when we were first dating, that joy and excitement where we, we you know, we couldn't even not think about having sex, at, you know, everywhere, you know, because we were just so in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I helped them reconnect and find out what was it about them that even made them realize that they were in love with that person to begin with and how to reappreciate that. And, and basically we do it through just, we sit and talk and we have a conversation. And I, I love it because a lot of the common feedback is, is, oh my gosh, I love coming to your office here. I think it's going to be like depressing and we're going to hash out problems. And that's not what we do is that they say, you know, we have fun and we laugh and we 
plan, um, you know, a game plan on how to win the game. And so when we walk out with the solution plan, and then we get to come home and just have fun and play. Because kind of my motto is, is you shouldn't work on your relationship. You should play in mm-hmm. your relationship. Mm-hmm. So don't work hard. Play hard. So, okay. And when so, you start playing, yeah. everything just seems to fall in place. And so we really try to also um, create a business plan for your relationship. So that way, um, like if you're at work, you know, there's a time that you meet with your boss to talk about maybe things that need to be improved in the workplace. You don't just to get to randomly just go on a rampage and complain all day at work. If you did that, you'd be fired. Well, maybe that's how you need to think when you're at home. You just don't complain and whine, you say, hey, I need to meet with you for a half an hour tomorrow, and during that half an hour, I want to discuss this, this, and this, so you tell them the agenda, and then the next day, you limit your time, you do bullet points, you talk about what the problem is, and you say, this is a problem, and this is how I propose we fix it, so you come up with the solutions, and then you talk about it, and then you implement them, and then business is done. And then you go back to having fun and playing again instead of dragging it out and complaining about it for days and months and never really getting to the issue or solving it. I'm very much about creating game plans and solutions that work that are implemented fast and easy so that they can start focusing on the love and intimacy and the great parts. So that's one of the major ones. Okay. Well, but what about like what you were saying? A couple will say we we feel disconnected. We're we're missing. I mean, yes, the beginning of a relationship is always wonderful and exciting, and you think about sex all the time and and so on. But when that dies out, that's when people start thinking, well, hmm, um, I don't want to be in this boring relationship for the rest of my life. So I guess I better find somebody else. So how? I mean, besides talking about oh, what they yeah, I can fell in that. love with. Do you give them certain exercises to do? Yeah, certainly I, I do. Thank you for clarifying on that. I get so excited about what I do that I sometimes like, oh, yeah, this is what I do. Uh, so one of the things that is a lot of fun for me to um, help couples give them a tool to implement and take home is one of my favorite tips is to create a pleasure map or a treasure map to the pleasure. So uh, basically it's um, an opportunity where they take turns mapping out on each other's bodies what part feels good because we often don't realize that what we like or don't like sometimes changes over the course of our life. Or maybe we've never ever experienced anything different or been open to the idea of different opportunities of pleasure. So I literally have them have a like a little Oh, outline of a body, and then I have them go through with their partner. What area do they like touched, stroked, pushed on, maybe pinched, maybe um, patted, maybe um, uh, smacked a little, you know, like a spanking. You know, maybe they like more sensation than what they used to in that area. Or maybe they like to be touched and tasted in that area. Maybe they like um, circular motion, or maybe they like nails being stroked across the skin. So when they start really focusing more on the sensation of being touched, often it seems to open up or awaken different parts in their bodies to allow them sexual opportunity. Along with that, I often will tell them, why don't you try the eye doctor method? I have termed this or coined this the eye doctor method. Instead of telling your partner no or don't or stop, 
if you're not interested in something. You you instead offer the suggestion of either or, or if you want to do something for your partner, you offer them either or. So this is what I mean. So I would say, you know, to my partner, um, I would like to um, kiss you on the neck. Would you rather I kiss you on the neck or gently tease you and bite you with my teeth? So remember, like, at the doctor's office or the eye doctor, they go, do you like three or four? And you don't really know the difference between three or four. You just know that one you can see better than the other. So then that way, let's say that day you didn't want to be kissed there. You could say, well, maybe the biting. And then you say, and then you say, would you like me to continue biting me there or would you, or biting you there or would you like me to, to instead stroke your skin or pet your hair? And so then it allows you to move in a different direction instead of saying, because uh, what happens sometimes when we tell our partner, no, don't, or oh, don't touch me there, what they, what they hear is, don't ever touch me mm-hmm. there again like mm-hmm. that ever. And you might have just meant just not, not just for the next five minutes or mm-hmm. not just right this today. But maybe tomorrow you would be open to it. So when you either or them play the eye doctor, it allows you the opportunity to recreate the map. I love that. I love that. We need to take another break, but you know this is a whole new uh, a new way of playing doctor. <laughs> You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we're talking today with Andrea Adams Miller. She is uh, an internationally known healthy relationship consultant in business and in the bedroom. And you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, where I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about how to ignite the spark, fire, and passion in your relationship with my guest, Andrea Adams-Miller. She is the author of Healthy Relationships, and Healthy Sexuality, Revealing the Secrets to Ignite the Spark, Fire, and Passion. We uh, Before the break, we were talking about um, the maps, and I was asking her for a little more explanation during the break because that sounded like a fun thing to do. So, Andrew, why don't you just um, why don't you explain it in a little more detail? Oh, sure, I'd be glad to. All right, so there's a couple different processes to do this. 
And so one of them that I like to do is I literally first give the people the little body map, um, which there's a, a copy of that in, in the action guide that goes with my book. And so that way they don't have to draw that for themselves. And so what they do, I ask them to draw out a map of where they think that their partner or what they perceive their partner to enjoy being touched, where and how much pressure and what style or, you know, what whatever on a their own chart of um, putting little, you know, dots or crosses or whatever it is to show or reflect their partner's treasure map or what they think the pleasure is. And then um, to also draw one for themselves on what they think that they like. So what often happens is that when uh, we're able to pull them together, the two partners and their maps, and then we have them explain the map like, oh, I, my partner likes this, what often happens is the partner says, oh, no, I don't, I don't like that at all. You always do that, and I hate it. And they're <laughs> like, what? I only did it because I thought you liked it. And so then it's really funny because here we opened up this whole new conversation that they didn't even, like, I didn't even really like doing that to you. I only did it because I thought you liked it. And the other one's like, no, I hate that. And so it's really funny. Um, it's, it ends up being a lot of fun. And then they're like, or they'll say, oh, my gosh, I love being touched there. I love that. I, I actually have always wanted you to do it more, but I was always afraid to ask you because I thought you didn't like to do it or mm. wouldn't do it. And so it creates this dialogue for them. Then the second part I have them do is take draw the little map out again and then go through the exercise of touching their partner in different areas so that way the partner then can experience this pleasure or this touch in different areas to determine whether they really like it or not. Because what I often find is people will say, oh, I don't like to be touched. I'm like, don't touch my feet. I don't want my feet touched. But when the partner does touch their feet, maybe with um, a silk rope or maybe with um, a body scrub or maybe if they um, pat their feet instead of rub it or maybe scrape their nails on the skin of the feet instead of rubbing it, then they're like, oh, I really like that. That feels really good on my feet. I guess if you touch my feet like that, that really makes me hot. Yeah. So they're able to explore things that they've never tried before. And it really, I get a lot of really great feedback on those exercises. They just love them. And yeah, sometimes, that sounds like a lot of fun. But it, it, it is. is a sometimes question. couples need some, oh, I'm sorry, I keep no, talking, no, I'm so excited. <laughs> go ahead, go. Well, I, I just want to, I was just thinking, what about though, you must get some couples who, even though it sounds like, and this is, you know, the tip of the iceberg, I know, but, um, but obviously you have a lot of little fun tricks up your sleeve. Um, what about the, the person, and, and I presume it might be more often a man than a woman, um, who says to you, okay, you know, maybe who even does some of the things that you recommend to them and so on, and it does, you know, it is fun and it does, um, uh, make for more intimacy. But what about the person who says, well, okay, that's, that's great, but you know, I don't want to have to, and I know you said you don't want people to work, you want them to play at it, but I don't want to have to do anything. This all seems so contrived. I just want to feel the same, you know, heart thumping, uh, stomach turning over feeling that I had when my partner came into sight that I used to have when I met them years ago or months ago. I don't awesome. want to do all I, these things. I do get that question, so thank you so much for asking me. Um, in fact, that's a common question I get on my website is how do I 
fall back into attraction with my partner again. So you get that right on there. Um, One of my responses to that is that in order to look at your partner again and be excited and, and fall in love with them again, it often helps to look at your partner through the eyes of a stranger. So what I mean is literally the next time that you go to a restaurant or out in public, take a step away from your partner and look at them as other people may observe them in in just a public place. What you may find sometimes, and it's really interesting when people actually incorporate this into their life and and they go to a public place, even just walking the mall or going to a restaurant, um, it's, it's better if you're standing somewhere where you can actually walk away from them, maybe like a bar or a mall or something like that or an event or a fair. Other people will invariably say, oh, excuse me, and engage with your partner or say, oh, are you waiting in line? Have you, you know, oh, have you been here before? And that person, and, and it really helps with this, especially the person of the opposite sex, is talking to your partner. All of a sudden I say, watch how that person is looking at your husband or your wife. How do they perceive that person? Mm-hmm. And it really makes them wake up and realize that, a stranger who sees your partner for the first time sees this person, you know, maybe they see a part of their body, a part of their physique that's attractive. Maybe they see how friendly they are. Maybe they think that that person's engaging by whatever that is that they're talking about. Those are things that you take for granted, and often you're looking at things that strangers don't see. Like you're looking at the fact that your partner never picks his socks up off the dirty floor. Well, a stranger doesn't see that. So that doesn't become unattractive to them because they don't even know about it. They're blind to that little secret. Uh-huh. Um, maybe you are focused on the fact that your partner is always late or doesn't cuddle with you. Well, a stranger doesn't know that about your partner. A stranger sees your partner as someone who's potentially exciting or fun or who has a great job or who's a good provider or who's sexy or who looks like has a great mouth that they would just love to kiss or have put on some other orifice of their body. So that's how other people might see your partner if your partner was single and out in the dating world. So when you start being cognizant of how other people could see your partner, all of a sudden it's funny because both men and women tell me, I started paying attention and I got jealous because then I realized my partner does have a really sexy mouth and I don't want them to have their mouth on somebody else. I want Mm -hmm. them to have their mouth on me. And they start getting jazzed. They're like, oh, I never thought about it. My husband is a really great provider. He tells me every day he loves me when he goes to work and make sure that we have all the comforts that we have. Or or a husband will say, I never thought about my wife as being hot or sexy anymore until we were at a golf match or a golf you know tournament. And the men were talking to her and teasing her and, and making innuendos. And all of a sudden I got really, really jealous because they don't see her as a mom in her sweatpants or because she's cleaning house. And he said, it finally dawned on me, I'm the one who was you know, never offered that we could get a housekeeper and had her on her knees scrubbing floors. So I hired a housekeeper Hmm. so that I could see my wife not as the maid, but as the hot, sexy woman that she was. Hmm. So totally changes their outlook when they start looking at them through different eyes. Yes, yes. It it creates that sense again of what it was like to not be sure of them, to not have them, you know, like like it was when they first met. Sure. Yeah. 
it's very exciting. And, and you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, people get, you know, when they're stuck and they're, I always tell them, quit, quit saying negative things about your partner because if you just want to reinforce the things that you don't like, uh, you know, all you're going to do is hear that and you can't see anything else because that's what you're focused on. Start focusing and, and spend more time complimenting the things you do like about your partner than the things that you don't like. And when you focus on the good things, you know what? You learn to say, hey, those things that I don't like or aren't my favorite, those are okay. And remember that you have them too. So would you rather them see the positive in you or complain about the fact that you leave dishes on the nightstand every night? You know, <laughs> what do you want to be seen for? And so when they start thinking about it that way, they start treating other people better. And when they treat the other person better, then the person responds in kind. It's almost like you can't help but love somebody who treats you well and thinks that you totally rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what about, um, what have you seen differently? You were saying before that you've been doing this for about 15 years. What kinds of, over the 15 years or so, what kinds of trends have you seen? What kinds of, how have you seen the problems um, have you seen certain things die away and certain things come out to be more of a problem, or are you seeing people be less um, tolerant of of different inadequacies that they perceive in their partner? I think the biggest trend or difference that I've noticed over the years is the fact that um, the myth that I believed, even myself, that I thought from society and from what I had brought with me to my practice and working with people is that I had this preconceived notion that it was men who would want sex more and that um, and that they were disappointed because their wives wouldn't have sex with them and that's what was making the men question whether to stay in the relationship or find the new hottie. And what I've learned over the last 15 years is that we, I cannot say that that, that is a, a male thing anymore. I have so many female clients and meet so many women when I'm traveling. And, you know, I have a, you know, I speak to, you know, 450 people or 650 people. They all come up afterwards to get their picture and to, you know, get products. They all talk to me and they're like, oh, you know, I, I'm so jazzed and excited about being with my husband and he doesn't want to have sex with me. And I'm like thinking, ah, oh, do I get a lover? Do I, you know, get a divorce? Do I just live with the fact that I'm celibate for life? So it's just as many women who are desiring to have a passionate sexual life and are frustrated because their partners are the ones who shut down. And then I also work with gay and lesbian couples uh, more and more. And so that's a different trend as well is that they're feeling more comfortable about wanting to make their relationships uh, last long term where before they didn't seek Mm -hmm. out someone to talk to because Mm -hmm. they were afraid of being shamed or um, being told that they were wrong. And so I've noticed that trend as well, and that might just be me. Um, you know, maybe no, people no, like me no, and you who are open-minded, so they feel safe coming to me. But I think that may be a trend overall is that they're willing to risk telling people what's going on yes. and be more open with it. Yes, and I think that that's absolutely true. I, I agree with both of those things, but I, I, it is so true that um, that women are... There is a problem. Um, there is more of a, or there's an increasing problem of women um, being sexually dissatisfied, unsatisfied, and um, and wondering what to do about, you know, whether they should go for the next hottie. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and you know, I think that part of that has to do with men feeling more emasculated in general. 
um, because of the economy, of course, that having a, a large, being a large factor with the loss of so many men being laid off or let go and feeling, having their self-worth damaged in that process, or even, oh, oh, I hear this music. (laughs) Okay, we'll have to continue with that when we come back from break. My guest is Andrea Adams-Miller. She is a healthy relationship consultant in business in the bedroom extraordinaire. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and we will be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking about igniting the spark, fire, and passion in your relationship with the um, spark igniter extraordinaire, Andrea Adams-Miller. <laughs> That's a new one for Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you for that. And... Um, we were talking about how how she's been noticing, and, and certainly I've been noticing, um, also how there seems to be the tables have been turning uh, over the years that women, I think partly, just like you were saying about gay and lesbian couples, feel more comfortable about talking about their sexuality and wanting to improve their, um, their, their relationship. Um, I think women are feeling more comfortable, have become, have, have been, increasingly feeling more comfortable about talking about their sexual needs. And I was starting to say about how, you know, the world situation from the economy, emasculating men to terrorism and to all the craziness that is happening in our world, um, just making men who are supposed to be, or at least according to tradition, um, supposed to be protectors and, you know, fighters and um, the ones who are... uh, supposed to be able to stand up to things um, in society and, and um, uh, take care of their family, um, how this has been, has been causing them uh, to feel emasculated, helpless and emasculated and inadequate in the face of all of this craziness happening all over the world. I mean, every day there's a new news story about something else that you couldn't have dreamed up if you were writing a novel or a screenplay. And so I think that that's a big part of um, 
why, and plus, of course, women being empowered with all the things that are happening to empower women in general, you know, over the years. Um, I think that that can account for why there is this this increasing tables being turned. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, and, and well, like women like me and you, we're very independent. We, you know, so sometimes I know that I've talked with male friends and male clients about that. Like they say, they'll say things like, um, oh, Andre, you're just so confident and you just do everything yourself. And they'll say, oh, I didn't recognize that you needed anything, mm-hmm. you know, because they said, in fact, I thought you didn't need me at all, like I was not necessary in your life. And this is, you know, very interesting to me because I'm like, no, at the at the core of it, I'm still a woman. And there are times, there are, yeah, most of the time I can take care of myself and handle everything, and, and that's fine. But there are times I still need a man in my life. So I never discredit the fact that that there are times that, I need to talk to a man. And just like they need to remember that there's sometimes they need a woman in their life. Sometimes they need that, uh, need me, and, and when I say me, I'm using it as an example of all women, um, a woman to be soft and to need them yes. or to comfort them or to baby them. That we, we play different roles at different times. And you have to remember sometimes you need to soften up your role for that particular person or that particular situation so that they still feel needed. So I always try to make the men in my life, whether it's my partner or, um, you know, my friend or whoever or a business partner, I still want them to feel important and needed and valued. And so I try to honor that in them. And I think that's what really contributes to us having healthy relationships is that I'll come to them with something that, maybe is not my highest strength and say, I want you to help guide me or give me advice in this particular area because I, I need you. I need your input. I, I, need, I value your opinion. And, and they tell me they appreciate that respect and that value and it makes them feel good about themselves. And I think part of that is recognizing that feminine and that masculinity in each person so that they do feel special. Yes, and, you know, um Going back to bad girls, which of course I can never get away from. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, you know, that is one of the ways in which, uh, that's in which bad girls win over guys. Um, you know, there is always something that the man, who I call a sitting duck, um, and who wants to be the one to be the, the, um, white knight, the more that he can feel that he can rescue or, or, um, Give provide something to the woman that she needs. The more he feels uh, reassured that he's going to be needed in her life, not going to be dumped, and so on. And bad girls know how to to play on that. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it reminds me of a of a two and a half men um, uh, rerun <laughs> that I saw recently, sure. where Charlie Sheen. Um, says to his brother something about, you know, you always picked up the wounded birds and brought them home. I mean, that's it because you feel that you're going to be needed and, and um, um, that you have more power in that relationship. Sure, sure. I, I see that all the time where, you know, it, it's just an interesting phenomena. I love watching people and observing them. And, you know, I, so I, I'm very fortunate to be in front of larger groups of people when I speak, and so I can see how they interact with each other, whether it's two female friends or two male friends or um, um, opposite-sex friends or then the partners that come to events together. 
And it, the more you start observing other people, um, the more I find that people are able to improve their own lives because you want to model the things that you see that are done well and you want to avoid the things that you see that aren't done well. So I always tell people to take the freebie of looking at the people around you mm. and to, um, to be able to, to, you know, beg, borrow, and steal those things that are just offered to you by their acting out in public. Yes, <laughs> it's yes, right there yes. for you. Take the lesson for free and enjoy it. And then if they're not sure what to do with that, you know, to come and see me or see you so that they know how to process that and implement it into their lives for positive so that they can constantly um, enjoy their life. In fact, it's interesting. I even have couples who come to me whose lives, they say, no, our sex life is fabulous and we're like best of friends and our lo- love is great. And, and I'll say, so why are you coming to me? And they say, we want to make sure that we keep this forever and we want to be preventative. And they said, we totally buy into the fact, that, Andrea, that you are all about prevention. Let's make sure that this love lasts before it ever, ever gets, gets to a point of dull. Let's not get to dull. That yes. we, don't, we don't have to rekindle. Let's just keep stoking the fire all along. Yes, yes, in an ideal world, absolutely. Well, I want to make sure that we have enough time for you to tell people about your websites and your books and so on. So go ahead. Oh, thank you. Well, my website is www.igniteyourrelationships.com, igniteyourrelationships.com. And from there, there's different areas that you can go on the website to find out more about me, about whether I'm speaking for youth or in colleges or whether I'm speaking in a corporate situation, talking about how to increase your business relationships or your interpersonal relationships at home so you're a better employee. And I also talk about sex and sexuality and how you can have a great, wonderful life or overcome sexual dysfunctions or disorders or learn how to manage them. And oh, oh, oh what else can I say? Um, oh, I, I kind of want to blank. I, I see I get so excited about the job well, that I do have, and I love uh, working with people. <laughs> well, you also have the website sexualitytutor.com. Oh. Yes, I do. I have sexualitytutor.com, and so uh, that's available for people. And I also have some special niches that I work with, women who have vaginismus, men with erectile dysfunction, women with low desire. And so that I know that's sometimes a huge benefit for people to know that they have someone to turn to for those particular issues or disorders to help them find solutions. And I also do a lot of keynote speaking. So if they have an organization that they think that their audience would benefit from being able to increase their relationships, uh, both in business and in their interpersonal life, um, I use the same model in interpersonal relationships as business. As far as, you know, in business, you know, we need to date our clients first so that they like us, and then we enter a relationship towards marriage with signing a contract, and then how to keep those relationships for life, just as if you were with someone who was in a marriage for life. And I even joke about sexuality in a business sense, where I talk about stroking the business erogenous zones. So how do you keep your customer or vendors or employees hot about working for you or being affiliated with you in your business? So... Um, so it still follows all the sexual harassment laws and guidelines, <laughs> but is appropriate so that, you know, we're able to use a little playful words and be fun and make it enjoyable and interactive because I'm all about having a really good time and playing hard. And so it's 
it's really yeah, playing hard opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And I have it's a whole bunch of new books coming out. So I've been writing like crazy. I just released a new book this weekend, Putting the Sizzle in Your Business Relationships. And I have a new book in the works that is Hire a Wife, Marry a Hottie. Huh. <laughs> so it's talking about, um, you know, hiring people to do the things, um, uh, you know, like housekeeping and bookkeeping oh, oh, and yeah. social organizing. So that way you can marry a person who, who is free to, you know, be a careerist or to, you know, be your fun partner, to be your lover, instead of all of a sudden becoming your hired help. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So let me just, again, it's IgniteYourRelationship.com or SexualityTutor.com. And there's a lot to explore on those sites. Well, thank you very much. Again, my guest is Andrea Adams-Miller. Go to her websites. <laughs> they are uh, fun, to, fun to explore. And, of course, she can be very helpful, as you've been able to hear right now. And I, I would recommend to all of you to, uh, to try some of these things that she's been talking about. Uh, they do sound like a lot of fun, and they certainly can't hurt. And uh, chances are they will help a lot because, really, it is better especially if you are married and especially if you have children, to ignite the, the reignite or keep ignited uh, the spark and the passion rather than changing spouses like you change underwear. So, Andrea, thank you for joining me on Dr. Carol's Couch, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 